Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Millsurp World. Uh, this is Danny, and uh, today I am here with uh, my wife, Samantha. Say hello for everyone, Samantha. Hello. So uh, we are going to talk about some gun stories, some general military surplus stories and stuff like that. Just stuff that, you know, our experiences with guns and military surplus just over the over the years of us being together. All right, so the first time that we went shooting, I uh, actually, well, I'll have to go back, I guess, a little bit to, with our relationship. So, so the audience, you know, I'm from, I'm from Florida. This is a little bit into our relationship history, <laughs> I guess. But I'm from Florida, um, but I was visiting uh, my best friend in, uh, in Kansas City because he, he moved to Kansas City for a job. And, uh, and I was visiting him, and I brought a, I brought a couple guns. I brought a K98K and an M1 Garand. Um, and we wanted to go shooting or I wanted to go shooting. I wanted to bring you shooting. It was a little bit of a test, a little bit of a test. I wanted to see, wanted to see how you, how you'd put up with me and, and guns and stuff. So, uh, so we went, we went to an indoor range and I brought both guns. I brought the M1 and the, and the K98K and it turned out that the, um, I had some, some military surplus, 30 out six. And uh, it's some type of Slavic 30 out 6. I'm not sure. It might be Yugoslavian or something. I know, like people are probably thinking like Yugoslavian 8 millimeter, but the um, it looks like Russian writing on these boxes. Um, but anyway, uh, I couldn't shoot it because it it um, it was magnetic. So, uh, but the Yugoslavian 8 millimeter that I bought that I brought with me for the K98K. Um, it, it was not magnetic, so that's that's what we were able to shoot. So that's what we shot that day, and uh, and that was your very first time shooting a military surplus rifle, wasn't it? So true. Yeah, had you shot? You probably never shot a gun before that at all. I had shot a gun before then. What was it? Um, shotguns. Yeah. And then a few pistols. I don't know the names. Yeah, it's okay. So maybe a rifle. But definitely a shotgun. I remember the shotgun shells and then, yeah. Do you remember if the the K98K or the shotgun kicked more? No. No. I don't remember <laughs> at all. Yeah. I think, I think I remember being sore after that first at, day. After the Mauser? Yeah. Yeah. I've been sore too from, from you know, shooting a lot, shooting the, the 8mm a lot too. I worked out a lot more back then, so it could have been just from a workout too. But I think I specifically remember my shoulder hurting. Yeah, that was cool. That was a fun day. Yeah. And then the the next time we went shooting, we were in Florida, and then you finally got to shoot the uh, shoot the M1, and uh, that was cool. You did a really good job on like holding it and everything. And shooting I think it. I leaned back too much. Still. Or yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, girls tend to do that a lot. I think it just has to do with, like, your center of balance. just feels it's more low. natural, I guess. Yeah, because it's, like, heavy, so you want to put the rifle over, like, your center of... I hate of seeing so those you, pictures and the videos. Like, you lean I just back. Look so... I just know that that's not the way you do it now. So I, I think, why, why are you doing that? Yeah. But even Tara was leaning back. Mm -hmm. Just, you know. Like I said, yeah, I think it, it's just. Tara's a sister, so when she shoots. Mm -hmm. It's just natural for us to lean back. I don't know why. Well, I guess two girls, anyway. Two women. Yeah, I think it has to just do with, like, 
upper upper body strength and because uh, I think women's center of like gravity is lower than than on men's like yours is like closer to like your hips and the guys is closer to the chest or some, something like that so it's, well I remember Liam he also leaned back a little bit too so oh, maybe yeah. it's just something and experienced shooters do maybe right yeah huh. that's cool that yeah and, natural. and since then. That's kind of funny. I just saw it. Yeah, you shot. So you shot in, that was Kansas, I think. Yep. I think that was around Kansas City, Kansas. And then you have shot in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then we were just watching a video of where we were in St. George, Utah, out at this beautiful shooting range. The range that we were at um, on the YouTube channel, I'll, I'll show a little uh, clip of it. But the range that we were at there in St. George is really close to, it's not the exact one. It's like a, it's like a mile away or something. But it's really close to the range where they held where they hold the Red October match every year, and it's crazy when I lived and when we lived there for like we we were there for like three months. Yeah, we weren't there for long. Yeah, but I uh, I didn't know about Red October, and I think it was after. I think it happened right then, like it, it was the one of the weekends we were there because it was in October. We lived there during October. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy that I just happened to be living at the place I had that match and like I didn't... didn't... <laughs> you didn't even know. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'd really love to do that, but that's a long drive from here. It's a long drive from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, so we shot in St. George. Uh-huh. And you shot their, uh, your Swedish Mauser carbine, M9414. The little one. Yeah. And that's that's a cool little gun, the... Um, the so Mauser carbines, especially when they're like cavalry carbines and they have like a around like an eighteen or seventeen inch barrel or whatever, those are really nice um, because they're just they're really light and handy. Compact. Yeah, compact. Um, however, if the caliber is too high on them, like if they're seven point six five or eight millimeter or something like that, then the recoil is a little bit too strong for a gun of that size. So. I really like the idea of the Swedish one because that was going to be, um, or that one's in 6.5, so it's much softer recoiling, so it wouldn't beat you up. And I think that gun was, that's how I got into Swedish Mausers, actually. Like, I was looking for a specific gun that was, you know, that still had a potent cartridge, but was, you know, fairly light recoiling and a package that was, you know, smooth and easy to to use and to handle so yeah that was the very first uh that was the very first swedish mauser is that the one i went hiking with yes and then we went shooting together let's so okay so there's utah oh we went shooting in arizona for sure in the desert remember when oh we were yeah in a George? bunch of times so we shot we shot at that range but then i found some blm land that was really close to where we were living in, in st george and that was just on the Arizona side of the border. So, so that's Arizona. Shot in Arizona. And then uh, Washington State. Well, you, we were there. you missed Salt Lake City. I was just coming out of Utah. Oh, Utah. you're but just yeah, we shot. City. Yeah, then okay. we shot in the mountains. States, and, I see. Uh, yeah. Shot in the mountains. Have we ever shot in Missouri? No. <laughs> well, I, I have, but you haven't. We haven't done done it together. Where did... Oh, you went with Aaron. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, I've shot in Missouri, just without you. Yeah. Hmm. Got a list. It's like a list of states, like not a list of states that we've been to, but like a list of states that you've shot a gun in. Mm-hmm. That's funny. 
So um, in Washington. Yeah, Washington State, we went up into that really rocky, rainy range up there in the mountains. That was at the Capitol, Capitol Forest or something like that. Capitol, Capitol right. Forest Park, I think is the name of it. Um, I'm surprised stuff like that exists in Washington now. It's not going to exist for much longer there, probably. You shot a gun in Maine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I shot a gun in Maine. Yeah, the, the machine guns. That was cool. But, um, yeah, so you've shot quite a few military surplus rifles. Mm-hmm. And uh, you probably can't remember most of their names. Nope. It's mostly, like, she's a really good sport. So <laughs> it's usually I'll be making a video, and I'm out, and then I go, and I'm like, hey, babe, you mind uh, you mind shooting this gun for me on camera? And she always says yes, and she'll come out and you know, <laughs> shoot it for me and give her opinion and stuff like that. She's a really good sport like that. Aw. Um. So it's kind of why you're doing this with me right now. <laughs> what was your favorite uh, gun thing? Probably was it the was it the hike, the hike that we did? Um, I think that was fun. I didn't shoot any gun. I didn't shoot anything on the hike. Yeah. We just carried the gun around. So that was, that was good. Beautiful. But I don't really count that as a gun, like. For me specifically, shooting a gun, I don't really count that. A gun activity? An activity with guns in it? A shooting experience. How about that? Okay. I don't count it as a shooting experience. Uh, my favorite gun activity, yeah, that could be one of them. Just hiking. I just don't feel like it's much of an activity with guns. You know, a shooting. my favorite shooting experience, mm-hmm. I really like the Arasaka. Oh, yeah. I call yeah. it the Agasaki. <laughs> but yeah. i that's probably one of my favorite guns to shoot. And I, we have it in a twenty two. No, it's... Damn it's, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, different. 30... No? 380? It's 39. You're Damn thinking it. 39. <sighs> Seven, no. It's 762 by 39. Well, isn't it's it? Air, you yeah. can shoot it for a lot cheaper because the oh, bullets yeah. are... Oh, it's, it's super cheap to shoot. Yeah, I yeah. don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. So in case in case you're listening, you haven't seen my video. It's on YouTube. I have a uh, an Arasaka. I think it's a Type 38. Possibly it was a carbine that was uh, converted by the Chinese to uh, 7.62 by 39. So uh, it is way way cheaper to shoot than a uh, than than a regular you know Japanese um, Arasaka, which is very expensive to shoot if you can find the ammo. And 7.62 by 39 is uh, also very soft recoiling. So it's another... Yeah, it's super nice to shoot. Yeah, it's another light recoiling carbine for you. So pretty much any time I like can think of <laughs> like a carbine... A wussy gun? Ah, like, maybe. <laughs> but anytime I can think that's of like fair. a carbine that has a uh, light... Yeah, that's, that's yeah, light handy. Yeah, I like handy. shorter guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Didn't you get a Swiss... Short gun for me recently? Or is that, am I making that up? German. What's the recent one? The most recent one that I showed you, I think, was the 3340. I don't know if you remember it, but it's a German Mauser. It looks kind of like a K90 K, but shorter. Mm. Yeah, I think I like the looks of that one too. Yeah. I haven't that shot one kicks it, a little bit more. I haven't I shot it either. I want to go shoot it. I'm planning on me. I haven't been shooting in a while. Yeah, well, I got to go shooting. I'm having withdrawals. The Arasaka was my favorite to shoot. I wish it could, I could say it was a Mauser, but... 
It, you know what? It's a Mauser derivative. Oh, okay yeah. then. It's ba- the action is based on a Mauser. And literally the only reason I want it to be a Mauser is because I know that's your favorite gun type. So <laughs> I'm just true to you, babe. Oh. Except not, oh. I guess. Thanks. Because I like the Arasaka. It's nice. If it if it had a curved bolt other than the straight bolt, I would say like it, it'd be almost perfect. If it, if it yeah, had a I side don't like sling, that. I don't. I like curved bolts better yeah. than straight bolts, just aesthetically, and I think practically too. Yeah, they just stick out there. Yeah, and it's like, it's like yeah. put that away. <laughs> yeah. So if it had if if the Arasaka carbine had a had a bent bolt or turn down bolt, and a side sling, it would be perfect. It'd mm-hmm. be amazing. I know you love your side slings. Yeah. I bet after hiking around with that, I wouldn't like it as much. Mm, yeah, it's still pretty short and light. Yeah, but, but the sling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, like, most people that don't, like, anyone who's listened to me talk about it before, you know that, like, I am a big fan of uh, side slings on, on rifles. And that's just because, like, I've actually carried guns around a lot. Um, just hiking and outside outdoors in general. And I mean, sometimes I'll be real nerdy and like if I buy a new gun and I'll just put it on my back and I'll just carry it around the house. That's like very throughout true. part of the day. Yeah. She's, she's seen it with other clothes that correlate with said. Gun. Yeah. Sometimes. But like when I bought that G3340, I was super happy to get it cause I've wanted one of those for a long time. And uh, I carried it around like on my back, like for, for most, days. for yeah. So I like I'm pretty sure I was and like by cooking. days I mean two or three days at least. Yeah, at least. They're gonna know really how nerdy I am now. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was like cooking one day in the kitchen with that on my back, and it's just not even. It's not even a thing. I don't he even just think you likes said anything. To have it on there? No, yeah. I don't. There's guns all over the place. Since we don't have children, it's fine. But, uh, not exactly all over the place. Okay. That's a little exaggeration. You're right. It, they're just in. They're safe and safe places, unloaded. <laughs> not like anyone's going to trip on them or anything. True. True, true. They just seem all over the place to me. It's organized chaos. It is. At least you, he doesn't put his gun... He has his own area now, so gun parts stay in that area now. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice. When we were in a small apartment, it was a little more Yeah, ridiculous. yeah, she'd go to like... I think, is that... Did we put that in our video, Living with a Gun Guy video? Where yeah, like you're trying to bed. go to bed? Yeah, that's so true. Like you'd be <laughs> trying to go to bed and there's guns all over the bed. And you're like, ugh. And gun parts, so I don't even know, like, a gun you can just lean against the wall, you know, if it's unloaded and safe, but, you know, the gun parts, I don't know where you want me to put them, and, oh, <laughs> we've yeah. evolved. Yeah, yeah, luckily, yeah, we bought a house, so I got all, I got all my guns now, and, uh, in one, one spot. Safe. Yeah, safe. They are safe. <laughs> <laughs> Still seems like it's all over the place, but. Yeah. It's more like gun parts. Yeah. You know what was really interesting is when we lived in hotels. Oh, boy. For so long with guns. That's so an interesting we, situation. So, we, yeah. So, in our line of work, we uh, we lived in, like, so the whole time we were in Utah, we lived in hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, which was really kind of like an adventure. So, uh, we were homeless. 
Yeah, so we didn't we didn't have a house or an apartment really or home base. We, we were had... both yeah, we were both Florida residents at that time. Mm-hmm. So um but we were living in hotels in Utah because we had that's where two we were cars working. and a dog. Yeah, with both cars that we drove over <laughs> to Utah and our dog. And uh but the interesting part of that was like having guns in the hotel. Oh yes, rooms all and the, time. the guns. So I always had to have cases for all of them. And if you look up my um, sports bags, liberal camouflage for guns video, you can kind of see how I got away with it. Utah's um, very lenient also. Yeah, yeah. So it's we very, very lucky. Yeah, to they're be very, in a very gun friendly state. Gun-friendly so it's not state. like, not like, you know, we're breaking any laws no. or anything. Um, but, you know, we could, I could carry, I kept guns in like sports bags and always uh, in bags and stuff. And if we left the room, I would typically um, hide the guns, like where I put like the rifles under the bed and stuff like that, and everything's always un- unloaded and stuff. Yeah, but uh, you'd you know we'd make so we I lied. We had two cars, a dog, guns, and a storage unit. So it wouldn't just be taking them out of the hotel. It'd be yeah, yeah. So we kept them in the storage unit. Like I, I would only really bring them back to the hotel to like film a video or we something like that. We had a lot like of stuff in our storage unit. Yeah, so we kept them in the storage unit, um, and then it was uh, if I wanted to go to the range or something, I'd have to go and dig them all out. And... Dig them all out. We did not have a very. Or- I think uh, you yeah. organized it as well as you could, but it was just organ. That was organized chaos. Yeah. For sure. A hundred and fifty percent. That was rough. Yeah, that was a, that was like a, an interesting life experience. So living in hotels. Mm-hmm. Living in hotels and then staying in Washington State. So when I say like lived, lived, we weren't like residents there or whatever. We were just there for like an extended amount of time. I don't know exactly to say like we lived there, we stayed there, we were working there for a long time or whatever, but... When I say lived, I say it was more than three months. Or let's say more than two months. I think that's living somewhere. Like you are there constantly for more than two months because you get to know the place. You don't need GPS to go to the store or, you know, the bank. Mm. To me. But that's also because I don't know. we move around a lot. So I just think it's... We lived, we lived in St. George, is what I think. Yeah, yeah, I do say that too, but we were there for three, three months. months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Washington State, um, I was really nervous gun-wise when we had to go to Washington State. Um, I left most of, my, most of my stuff locked up in Utah, um, and, uh, but I brought a few things with, you know, with, with, me to, with us to Washington. And uh, I was actually surprised how good the gun shows were in Washington <laughs> State. Like, they were fantastic. They were very common. I swear, it felt like every every, every weekend, weekend, pretty much, there's another gun show. It's about like it is here. There's a, there's a gun show just about every weekend here. Mm. They're not as good, though. Yeah. They're not as good as they were in Washington. I don't know what it was, but I don't know if there's just, like, not enough, like, younger people getting into or whatever, but... Yeah, you know, every weekend I was going to a gun show, and mm-hmm. and it was some incredible deals there. Just because I, I don't, I don't know why, but it's just incredible deals all the time. All right, so you know that uh, I've said this before in other videos, but I've um, I haven't done it in a while. But uh, I'm into reenacting, 
And I've just kind of always thought it's really cool to like, I really like the idea of sort of uh, putting on like the, the uniform and gear of like a particular soldier in a particular time period. I, I think it's just cool throughout all time periods. Like if you got dressed up like as a Knights Templar or like a civil war soldier or like, a, you know, somebody in world war two, like, I just think it's really cool to, you know, to, to walk a mile in their shoes, um, so to speak. And, and it really lets you understand, like doing that really lets you understand like, um, so doing that really lets you understand something like, oh, why did why did they keep that pouch there, or why did why is it you know that thing sung that way, or um, it really kind of um, puts makes stuff real to you. So it's not uh, it's not just like an abstract um, knowledge, or it's not like just some arbitrary thing. Like you you know it. I'm probably doing a terrible job of explaining. I think you do it because you want the physical experience of it. I don't think you can ever, and I think you know this, appreciate the the mental experience, but you can at least dress up, run around, and feel that, how it all felt. Yeah. Physically. Maybe yeah. maybe even, no, not, not 100% physically, but you want to, yeah. you're trying to empathize more than just holding the holding the weapon and mm-hmm. reading the books you're trying to 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 take it up a notch maybe yeah. that sounded good that sounded really good yeah yeah that's pretty much it like i got into history and i loved um reading memoirs reading you know history books and just doing research and everything and uh just thought it was fascinating and i knew that um i knew there was civil war reenacting and there's you know a lot of that especially the, the part of florida where i'm from and uh, and I remember when I found I found a guy who did uh, World War II reenacting, and I was like like what like uh, you know what what is you know what's that? Um, and he just told me all about it. You know like they you know they they get dressed up and like exactly what they would wear back then. They you know it's very authentic, and then they um, you know they go out depending on the type of event they do different like you know kind of historically based things, and um, and I love the idea of that. Our dog is snoring right now. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> Kingston. <laughs> so I got into reenacting, and uh, and I remember my first reenactment. So uh, it was at a, I think it was, I think it was a reenactment of Operation Cobra. So it's it's in uh, it's 1944 France, and it's the Allied breakout of uh, you know going through like when the when the Allies like went through all the the hedgerows, you know, the, the hedgerow country. And, uh, and it was, so it was a reenactment of that. And it was on a farm that had actual hedgerows. And there were uh, guys brought tanks and half tracks and trucks. And uh, it was really, really cool. And I remember um, I was with a unit. And um, I, I was running around with the, with the sergeant. And the, and the sergeant's like, okay, here, you know, stay here um, with this guy and guard this area from whatever. So... So I was doing that, but as I was walking to that position, I saw like up ahead, um, you know, like few, like a few hundred, maybe 500 yards away or so. I see a, a, a Sherman tank and just it looked like 50 guys all around it and like a half track. 
and I can hear machine guns going off and it's just very realistic sounding and I can hear like the metal screeching of the tank tracks and everything. And like, I knew that that group of guys was coming towards me and I knew like their purpose and like coming towards me was to like, like basically destroy me. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was, that it's just pretend. I knew that I was going to be safe and like, I'm not really going to die but just in being in that situation and seeing all of that coming at you, it gives you like just a taste, a tiny taste of what it must have been like for, you know, for, for the, the a soldier in that sort of experience. So um, it was it's it's that's the reason why I do it. Like I just get a tiny bit of flavor of what it would be like to, to be there. And and some of the experiences are, you know, are rough, like it's hard, you know, because you're, you know sleeping in the cold or whatever, but, um, sometimes experiences are, are great um, because you, you can go out and you reenact with great guys and you, you know, have fun with school people and, and you, and you learn a lot. So anywho, I, I kind of went off there for a bit mm-hmm. talking about reenacting, That's but, okay. but you are super cool because, uh, so my wife, Samantha, she actually started, um, reenacting with me. So I bought her. Yeah. Well, first you put me in your clothes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. First, first I, I, yeah, I dressed Another her up. Another test, and... I suspect. <laughs> yeah. First I, uh, that was only a couple months after we started dating yep. too. You, you, you got on, uh, I dressed you up in like a regular combat uniform and everything. And you had a rifle and stuff and that was really cool. And then, Oh, was that the night? That was for your birthday, I think. And then we ate sauerbraten, I think. Yeah, we had a German meal. Yeah, yeah it was pretty nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and then we eventually, we got you an actual mm-hmm. um, a female auxiliary signal corps uniform. Yep, so I got my uniform. We, got it, we bought it online. We, um, I don't know what to say about it. It was a mixture of online and uh, self-purchases. Finding the shoes was more difficult than yeah. just an online purchase. Um, but I really... And then no one website had, like, all of the female auxiliary, like, and patches. And, like, the patches, yeah. So I'd have to buy, like, one patch from one website from, like, in England and one website, random, whatever, Chinese website. And so we had you to, like, put it together. You did most of that work. Yeah, yeah. I was just really motivated really, to get you a good-looking uniform. You're really good at that sort of thing. And uh, I just trusted that it all worked. I think yeah. I sewed it on. I sewed all the patches on, but you you told me where to sew them. and Yeah. I trusted you. Yeah. And it was a very, very good-looking uniform. And No one turned me away. Yeah, that's true. No one mm-hmm. turned us away. Our first, our first event together, so it was your very first reenactment, we... Um, participating is where you um okay it was at a train museum museum. and so i was just like a regular soldier so she couldn't like just tag along with me so what they did was they put her with the general Mm -hmm. so the event had like a general and like and so you were kind of part of like the general staff and i think they gave you like a notebook or something and you kind of followed them around and pretended to take notes as they yelled at people yeah, yeah. So it was a really cool event. So it was, it was open to the public. Um, it's I forgot the name of this event. Um, on Kessinger's Express, oh, it's, it's close right. to Tampa, Florida. And uh, so the it's, it's it's open to the public, so you can go and just buy tickets and just be like a regular part of the the, the public there. And I think they donate some 
to charity and some to the museum. Yeah, yeah. So most of it, it's I like think... It's like a fundraiser. Yeah, I think most of it goes to, to help the train museum. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because you actually get to ride the ride the train in it. So um, so the general public, you would you would go there and they give you like a little... Um, a little booklet it kind of looks like a like a ver pass so you get this little pass booklet and um and you go you have to get in line and there's like these like nazi guys that are like the give last, me your papers. yeah give me your papers and like you have to get in line and there's like you know these like big banners all around you and they they yell at you give me your papers oh where's this paper oh you're missing this and yeah and they have um they have passengers that are reenacting. Yes. They dress up. And yeah, there's other reenactors there that it's are... It's like a skit almost. The whole thing is... Yeah, it's it's all kind of coordinated. Very theatrical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. If, if, if you're uh, around Central Florida, I would look it up online and see... I think it only happens one weekend a year, but look it up. It's a lot of fun. Well, and Kessinger's Express. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, that was your very first event. So mm-hmm. you got to follow around the general. Um, we have a couple of pictures from that one, maybe? Yep, we do. We have a couple of pictures. Um, that was a lot of fun, though. Um, you didn't get to do... You don't... I know you wanted to run around and fight and stuff. And you can't really... No. Because that's one of those weird things where, like, <laughs> I don't know how some units, like, wouldn't let, like, you know, a female... In their unit or whatever, I don't know how that works, but we never we never really tried. And we've only been to two events together. Um, we went to that one, and then we went to another one in uh, Southern Alabama, mm-hmm. which was um, where I rode the Kubelwagen. Yeah, yeah, you got to you got put. Is this sort of the same thing? They put you with. Like, they always put me with the higher ups. Yeah, so she got put I'm with a good the, secretary. I don't, I I don't know if he was a colonel or major captain or something yeah and so she got to ride around this like battlefield in a (laughs) kubelwagen which was really cool it was cool yeah you got a better workout but it was cool yeah yeah so i was just uh, and that one we actually camped out so that was yeah we camped there we um in our we used uh zelts zelts yeah so we made a zelt tent and um which my face like I rolled out of basically. Yeah, so it doesn't. It didn't like it. Just the tent sort of goes to like the ground and stops, and it was really cold. It so was in the middle cold. of winter. We have pictures of that too. Yeah, yeah, we have some pictures of that. And uh, yeah, in the middle of the night, I think you rolled over, and your face was like outside. Outside, the tent. yeah, because I just like rolled right on out. But I have a thing where I get super hot when I sleep, so I'm a little heater. Did you get to shoot any any of the guns at the reenactment? I don't think I did. No. It's um, you see a lot of cool guns at reenactments, and I saw. I think you shot a one that you were like, or did you not shoot it? No, I got to shoot one. There's a guy there with a uh, with a real uh, MP40, and he let me shoot his MP40. And uh, so that's that's like the first time I've ever shot an MP40. I've got to handle them a couple times, but that was the first time I got to shoot one. Was at that was at that event. That was really cool. Um, that same event, they had a um, the guy who owned the MP40. He had an MG42, and uh, so I'm just like my gear and everything is set up just like a soldier, like a just like regular rifleman. And uh, and they were like, "Hey, who wants to carry on this MG42?" And I thought it was semi-automatic. 
right? So I'm like, oh, that's it's going to be this crappy little single shooter or whatever. I don't want to lug that weight around, whatever. I got my rifle. So I didn't volunteer to do it, but so somebody else volunteered to carry it around. And we get into into combat, and this guy, you know, lays down with the MG42 and then just, like, rips this belt. Just and I was like, oh, I knew I made a big mistake by not... <laughs> Not volunteering to to sh- to shoot the MG42 because that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, I've never, stupid. Yeah, because I've never shot one of those before. That at that one they did have a girl that reenacted as a. Oh yeah, as a, as a Russian. Yeah, so that event was. They had a couple was, girls, huh? Mm-hmm. It was German versus Women. Russian. Excuse me. It, yeah, it was, it was Germans versus Russians, and the Russian reenactors. I think they were like. Russian, Ukrainian, and everything. So yeah, they, they were actually yeah, like they from spoke Russia. Russian. It was so cool because yeah. at night they they let us co- come around. Their yeah, campfire. so we went we went to their camp. Uh, and they sang us songs. Yeah, they the... they sang like real World War Two Russian songs, like awesome. in Russian. And I think one of them played a guitar and offered us a lot of vodka. Yeah, they just awesome. like it was just a stereotypical <laughs> thing of best. like singing Russian war songs yeah. and drinking vodka Bad and. Fire. And then somebody was translating for us. Yeah, because um, they were really strange translations. Yeah, yeah they didn't <laughs> quite like make perfect sense. That was really cool. But yeah, no, that was really fun. And that's yeah, that's just like one of those things that you get out of reenacting. That's just like this like priceless moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like where else would you do something like that? You know, I think I'm still friends with some of them on Facebook, but I don't really talk to them anymore. Yeah. They were super nice. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of you get a lot of history and stuff out of the out of the reenacting. Mm-hmm. So, in general, um, what do you think about um, you know gun collecting and you know what I, what I do with uh, you know with like collecting these old guns and taking them apart and learning all the nuances about them all? Do you want my honest opinion? Uh, semi honest. <laughs> Um, I think, I think your appreciation for how the rifles work and their history is really cool. I think you're excessive (laughs) and you don't need as many as you do Uh, as you have. And, um, you know, it's, it's not called a bill of needs. (laughs) I don't think, I think it's. I think it's cool. Uh, I think you go to a lot of gun shows, so that takes up a lot of time. A lot of good Saturday mornings. There's one in Topeka tomorrow. No. Let's talk about that. (laughs) We'll see. But I, I I think it's a good... I think you could have worse hobbies or collections. Yeah, I could collect stamps. I think that... I think that people also, if they, you, you in general, I don't think come off. And I think, you know, people may be listening to this or like, oh yeah, of course he's a gun person. But you in general, in real, in life, outside of guns and firearms, don't usually come off like oh, no. this. People are always super surprised. Yes. They're they like, you, guns. oh, you, you're into guns. And so, and then. You know, I think we've had some people even come over and say, you know, wow, I had no idea. 
<laughs> when they <laughs> see, you know, your backsplash of guns and your, you know, in your areas that are all, you know, locked up and nicely secured. However, it's just a lot to take in. And I forget that sometimes until normal people come by and they're like, oh, my goodness, what is this? And we like to call it a museum. So yeah, it's not it's my little museum. It's not. Um, I, I think it's not a scary place, but I think people it doesn't bother me at all. But I think. Some other people might think it's kind of like psychotic. That's a strong word. I, I mean, it's kind of, it's a little, it's different than a lot of other things. They're not like scary stuff. They're old, like hundred year they old. They are old and they're beautiful. And that's why I love them on the wall. I think that they shouldn't be, I think all the ones that are in cases, you know, should be in, like up on a wall. They are beautiful. I think they are. I'm saying perception if you told people just outright, hi, I'm Danny. I have so-and-so rifles. And I have a... It just gets a little... I mean, I'm not judgmental. I'm very supportive. That's oh, the you whole definitely thing. Are. No, you definitely are. To me, it's it just seemed almost... It's a bordering on obsessive. I couldn't I couldn't have this hobby if you weren't supportive, so... Yeah. It's, it's bordering on obsessive. You live and breathe it. I get it. Like, I am just super passionate about <laughs> it. so passionate. I don't get why, but I swear it's like I could, I, I just, I live it and breathe it. He does. He loves it. It's not something, I, I don't think, I, I just, yeah. I, 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 I like that you are so passionate about something. Yeah. I wish I had something that I loved as much as you love. No sir, guns. I think it's nice, excessive, mm-hmm. but nice. I mean, having a having a like a strong passion or a hobby is a good is, thing. Is a good thing yeah. mm-hmm. So, and I like taking them apart with you, and I I think it's I think it's something that uh-huh. is really educational and good for me to do. You know, so I can be prepared. What did I say about that 1911 a long time ago? Remember taking it apart? Oh man, that was another test. He tested me a lot in the beginning. <laughs> He uh, yeah. taught me how to take apart a beautiful 1911. You don't have that one anymore, do you? Mm. No. So we, we took it apart and he said, I will marry you if you can put this together. <laughs> in so like many that. words. Something like that, yeah. Definitely marriage was in yeah, the... Yeah, it was. It was something like, if you can take this apart and put it back together, I'll marry you. Something like or that. Or I'm going to marry you or something. And so did I do it? I sure I did. Mean, yeah, that's why we're here. Yeah, that's why we're married today. Because I, I wouldn't let him not know. <laughs> Just joking. I, it's a, it, I like taking them apart. I think it's cool. We don't ever do it. but Yeah, we should more often. Yeah. I haven't been super good about cleaning them lately. Mm. Well, you don't shoot them. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's why. <laughs> They're beautiful wall decorations. They are, and I think they make a nice like backdrop in my videos, and yeah, a little museum. Yeah, one of my friends came over, um, and of course, I'm like, hey, I got to show you my guns because he's he's into guns too. But like, this is a <laughs> this is the problem I have, like being like a gun guy, is that other people go, <laughs> oh, so and so likes guns, y'all will get along, and it's like, <laughs> oh no, like there is such a small chance. <laughs> That he's into the guns, like I'm into guns, you know. And uh, so, so this guy, you know, he's he, he's in the guns, and he comes over, 
And like, I just started telling them about like, oh, and this gun and this gun and this gun, because most of the guns that I have have a really like, I'm passionate about them. And each gun on its own has a like neat developmental history. But then also like, if I have a rifle, like I have a, an M91 Russian Mosin and it was captured by the Austrians. So I can tell them like, yeah, you know, this M91 was, you know, it was made in, you know, before World War One by the, you know, the Tsarist Russia and, you know, it was used in World War One, And then this was actually captured by the Austro-Hungarians. They put the stamp on it, blah, 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 you know. So it's just constantly that. Yes. And I don't know how many hours I talked <laughs> to this guy. And eventually he's like, okay, man, let's, uh, let's take a break. <laughs> you have to be almost rude to you yeah to get to get it through your yeah, head I'm, that... one of, I'm one of those people so <laughs> that's one of the reasons why i like i like doing this and i like making you know making videos and stuff because it's it's like an outlet for me yeah it would just build up and i would just talk to random people about it <laughs> i talk to you a lot more if i didn't have this you, you get enough to, of that yeah, you, you i bore enough. i know i bore i i know that look that you get when I'm talking to you about guns, you you just glaze over, uh-huh. like I do. glaze. Over. Yeah, I do. I just want you to get it out. <laughs> just get it out. Talk, say your piece, and then we can move on. <laughs> yep. I usually try to be interested for like the first twenty. You seconds. You really do. I could tell. Like you genuinely <laughs> go, oh, oh, that's interesting. You give me a good twenty, <laughs> thirty seconds before the the glaze. <laughs> well and and sometimes he's a really slow talker too so so that's a whole nother yeah, story yeah that's true that's, <laughs> i'm from the south y'all he is so the i would have to say though like how what you said to back myself up here there are way worse hobbies yes and way worse things to collect Let's think. Um, a worse collection in my mind, not, a, you know, this is... Oh, I can name sub- so many. Just for me. You name one and then I'll name one. Let me think of one. Um, oh, I got one. Okay. Bongs. Oh, yeah. Like having a room for, full of bongs would be a, or, yeah, not a, a good... A room full of drug paraphernalia. Yeah. That is a terrible hobby. You are correct. Thank you. That was, that was a, a good one. Branch, but okay, well, what do you have? I was going to say cameras. All kinds of cameras. Yeah, Ooh, so I, I knew got one. I, I knew a I knew a doctor who he collected cameras, and they so it's all technology based, and so it just depreciates. And I get it, like if you like the history and development of you know like various cameras, and like look, this is so and so millimeter, and then this is thirty five millimeter, and this is digital, and this is the very first digital camera. Like I get that, but like if you just buy a lot of random ones, then that's just technology that just depreciates. It's almost like. If you collected um, like video game consoles or something like that, like your whatever you buy, like that just depreciates. Yeah. Or, like the electronics in general. What like, about buy... Kiss paraphernalia? That's... Kiss. Per... Uh, I have no idea. Like Kiss bobbleheads, and they have so many things. I mean, they're making more of it. So anything that they're still making more of or improving can't be a collection. Is not typically not a great thing to collect. Oh, I got one. What about McDonald's toys? Mm. That's an awful collection. Yeah, but I mean, like, say if you collected the, like, vintage, I don't even know if McDonald's did, like, 1970s Star Wars action figures or whatever, but, like, 
I'm sure some of that could get pretty big money, but it's probably dumb to do it. To me, I don't think collections are worth very much anyway. I'm not a collector, except of clothes, which isn't on purpose. And I just shoes. like to buy clothes and shoes. So it's not like I'm like, oh, look at this pair of shoes that I bought from Walmart three years ago. Like, I'm not really that type of collector. I just like to buy shoes. But I don't would not say my shoe collection even mm-hmm. matches. It's like not even a collection compared to what you have. Yeah. So my my gun collection, I can say for a fact that it is worth more than I have in it, and it's only going up. Okay. Every year, the value. Well, of it it's is not about the money for you so, anyway. No, I know it's not. But financially, it's a pretty smart collection. <sighs> It's only worth what someone will pay for it, and if you are ready to let it go. That's we true. have this discussion all of the time. Uh-huh. We really do. <laughs> so it's not really... I don't think it's worth anything unless you're willing to let it go. Deal? No, I don't, I don't agree with that. Well, if you're not willing to let it go, that's not worth anything. No, Until but you're ready to let it go. But everything has a market value. It doesn't have to be for sale to have like a value. I think at the moment you are ready to put it on the market, then you can compare it to the market value. But if you are not ready to put it on the market, then you can't know exactly what it will be when you are ready to put it I on the market. Agree that. We're going to have to agree to disagree. Okay. And it's only worth what someone will pay you for. My grandpa taught me that. That's true. When I was trying to be a beanie baby collector. Oh, beanie babies, that's a bad collection. That's a bad collection. (laughs) That's a bad one. (laughs) I think I got up to four. Four? Yes. We were poor. So I was happy to have four. I had the manatee. I collect Kingston hair. Yeah, we collect. We're dog hair collectors. Our dog <laughs> That's free. gives us. Yeah, it's and worthless. Free. I mean, not exact. He's not really free. Well, his hair. To we us. Have to feed, yeah, we have to feed him to get hair. Mm. If anybody wants Cavalier dog hair, yeah, just uh, just email me. Yeah, email. I'll hook you up. <laughs> Straight out of the vacuum. Especially because we're gonna give him a haircut soon. Okay, so what would you say, if, if you can remember most of the mill serps that you shot, mm-hmm. what's your favorite military surplus that you've that you've either handled or shot? Is it Arisaka one? Yeah, yeah, that would count. I think that counts, in my mind, just because I can remember the name, I remember shooting it, mm-hmm. and I remember liking it. So I think that that one's really good. I also like the one we just recently shot in Florida. Yeah, the it was M1, like pew, M1 pew, carbine. Pew. Yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. So those two are probably in my top. I mean, just because of those reasons. I remember the experience, which means I like, I liked yeah. it. And they both kicked less than yeah. the M94. So they got that going for them. Maybe we could do a whole bunch of little guns. Little rifles, carbines. Yeah, that'd be a cool. And see which one I like best mm-hmm. out of all of them. And that'd then which cool one you like best, too. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a fun idea for a video. Mm. Let's go shooting. Mm. It's cold. Yeah, it's cold. Guys, winter sucks here. Winter sucks here. 
And Florida winter is the best time of the year. Yes, it doesn't suck there. Nope. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite military surplus? Oh man, <laughs> that's so that's so tough. I know. I Let's ask, hear it. I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I've actually no. I'm I'm legitimately. I, I have a I have it drawn out. I'm making. Oh I'm developing like a grading scale for military surplus rifles, and it gets points for various things like having a side sling, having a semi pistol grip, uh, not being in a uh, not being in a rimmed cartridge, and I'm I'm really honestly trying to figure that out. So like what right is now, your top two then? I gave you two. You can have oh two. Oh boy. Seriously? I don't even know if I could. I don't know. Off the top of my head. Yeah, just spitball. My top two would be a K98K and a K31. Are those Mausers? The K98K is. Well, the what's a K31? K31 is like Swiss. Oh. Swiss. Yeah. I would say that those two are my favorite off the top of my head. And I'm saying that even being a huge... Swedish Mauser fan. Is the Swiss one that I the one that I liked, or no? You you shot no you, no no no. So no. you've shot a K thirty one. The before. one no the one that I th- thought was pretty. Or has was beautiful. Oh oh, that was a uh, a Swiss Vetterli. Yes. Yeah, you know we've not. I've neither one of us has shot that before. Did you buy one? Yeah, that's going to be really hard. I'm going to have to get like my reloading set up to, to be able to reload bullets for that one. Um, yeah, you like the uh, the trigger guard on it, right? The How it's got like a little extra finger thing. Yeah, but it's a I very think ornate a looking. Beautiful, yeah, detail. Yeah, it's a very ornate looking, looking gun. I also like the guns that have the grid cut out on them where your hand goes. Yeah, that's the Vetterly. Yeah. You really like that gun. I do. I really it's like a, that It's gun. a classy looking gun. I like the gun. detail work that's yes. in it. Yes. They put a high amount of of uh, craftsmanship into into those guns. They are very, they are super classy looking. Okay. Here's a, here's a question for you. Okay. So if you could, if you could make a video for, from Hellsurf World, like a gun video, mm-hmm. what would you, how, what would you do? What would I do? Like you just mentioned, like the the range day, and that's a really really great idea. Yeah. Um. What would I shoot? Yeah, like just if you could do anything, you could just make a video any mil serp gun. Yeah. It has to be a gun. I think it would be fun to take apart a gun and put it back together, and see like as a competition. Oh, like us both doing it. Yeah, or you and someone else, or you, and then you ask everyone else how fast they are. Like, even on, you know, subscribers, how fast can you do it? Or, I don't know. That might be dumb. It's not a a bad idea. Like, if if I did a gun that was fairly common that a lot of the viewers would would also have, then they could could record themselves doing it, maybe, or Mm -hmm. just, just do it and see. Yeah. Hmm. I've never disassembled something on a timer. Yeah, I think that a, I think he might be bad at it because he's very yes, slow. Yes, I'm things. very slow and methodical. <laughs> He'll I do run something on Southern time three times slower than me, but it will be a better product. But I'll have gotten it done two weeks ahead of time. <laughs> so 
It's a, it is very true. His work is better, but my, you know, it's that, that triangle. I'll get it done faster, less quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, we, yeah, the triangle, what is it? Time, time money. Yeah, time, money, and quality, I think. Quality. Yeah, you can have two out of the three. Mm-hmm. All right, so on a scale of one to ten, how nerdy is my hobby? One being... One being, like... Not nerdy. Like... Fantasy football, pretty mainstream, whatever. Wait, fantasy football is nerdy? No, not nerdy. Oh, okay. See, because I think that that's... Like one. No, the higher the number, the more nerdy. Okay. So one being like fantasy football and ten... I think fantasy football is nerdy. Okay, maybe maybe it's not a great example. No. One being... Oh, gosh. What's something not nerdy, hobby-wise? Um... (laughs) <laughs> I'm a pretty big nerd. I think this will be skewed. It's she not is a, a good... She is a big nerd. I was going to say a 10 being like D&D. That's, that's cool, though. I like D&D. All right, but fun. D&D is a 10. Well, then it's a 1 because you're not nerdy. Or it's a 10. I don't know. I think I, it's a hard question for me because I'm, I'm definitely on the spectrum of nerd nerddom she is when we met she played pathfinder i still like want to play pathfinder and D. I mm-hmm. have my d20 i have my d12 I'm, I'm ready just, to go i am either not that nerdy or not that kind of nerdy i don't know he's i'm trying really hard so any tips on getting this guy into role-playing tabletop role-playing would be great yeah, I'm okay with dressing up. Like we're gonna we're gonna dress up as like uh, like a medieval ranger, and you're gonna dress up as like something. I like to be a bard. A bard, and which then we're don't go... please don't judge me on that. I know that bards are kind of nerdy in the nerd world, but bards are very versatile. They give a lot of bonuses okay. and are good okay. support. Okay, but and you can do a lot. I was lot gonna with say it. that we're okay with. I was. I'm the type of nerdy enough that I would dress up as that and go to like the Renaissance fair. But he won't here. actually sit with me after having a good home cooked meal and play with some friends around a table. I probably would. I've just I've had a lot of bad experiences. <laughs> being, I've, I've been dragged to quite a few Pathfinder games. Not with me. Mm, a couple with you. Well. Mm. So anyway, I'm a bad person to ask. One through ten nerd nerdiness. You're you're a pretty big nerd though. Yeah, in a good I'll, way. I'd, I'd accept that. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. We uh, have all, I've very often thought about us me, myself as being a, uh, a gun nerd, mm-hmm. and uh, that's me, yeah, you me and Tony. Tony. Yeah, me and Tony. That was our that was our thing. Hey, Tony, if you're listening. <laughs> you have been fantastic, Samantha. Oh. Thank you for, for coming on here. Only took me a shot of vodka. It only took her... That was probably two. That was a lot. <laughs> only took her two shots of vodka. I was nervous in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Until I, until you got, until I kicked in. <laughs> so uh, thank you for coming on. She's thank a you. very good sport for putting up with me, for letting me do this type of stuff, <laughs> and for participating. So don't you guys think that he should play Pathfinder with me? No, don't. <laughs> that is not. Kingston <laughs> votes Pathfinder. I don't know. He votes food and sleep. Okay, guys. Well, thanks for 
Thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, if you guys like this format of, you know, Samantha and I just kind of sitting and talking like this, let us know. Um, if, if we get a lot of positive feedback, we'll, we'll keep doing this. But if we get negative feedback or no feedback, um, we'll probably just... Get a divorce. <laughs> no. We'll probably <laughs> just uh, just leave this podcasting just to me and me and Aaron. But this was fun. I liked it. I liked doing it. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. Bye. Or thanks for listening, not watching. Oh, yeah. I guess watching if you're on YouTube. If you listen to this on YouTube. But, yeah. <laughs> bye. Bye.